Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, we're back here talking about running backs. Happy Thursday, Adam. Happy Thursday. Very exciting stuff. Thursday is uh, it's a phenomenal day of the week. It's a wonderful day of the week. It's a day before Friday. Yeah, exactly. That's what. That's why it's so great. And hopefully just, everyone who is listening to this podcast is having a wonderful Thursday, just like we are. Yep, that's right. Because you're on, you're right on the precipice of the weekend. Exactly. And that's what we all live for, the weekend. Yep. Well, how, how did that song go? You're always working for the weekend? Which one? It's like a, I don't know, I, I don't know what it was called. I don't know what it's called, but that's like the hook. The hook is like, we're always working for the weekend. Sure. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, this podcast is going to stop. And I'm gonna know the song. Probably. You you've definitely heard it. It's of very, course I have. It's of a very poppy. You're putting me on the spot. Yeah, no, it's a very poppy song. Working working for the weekend is what we're looking for. Well, that's it. we're doing this like mid two thousands style where you look up like a little bit a couple of lyrics. Working for the weekend by Loverboy. It might be. Apparently it's the one. It looks like it. Looks like it. That is the one, because there's the lyric. Everybody's working for the weekend. Everybody's working for the weekend. Lover boy. That's it. Anyway, let's talk about running backs, shall we? Let's do it. And uh, this is going to be a lot more a lot more interesting, a lot more in-depth than the quarterback episode, because there's so much more to talk about. Yeah, but the good running backs, they run out quick. Well, that is what we've seen in our mock draft. And also what you will see when you listen to uh, Bird and Jared's mock draft this Monday, next Monday. Yeah, that's right. This Monday. Yeah, yeah, no, this Monday. This Monday that's coming up. This Monday is coming up. You will, the you will Monday that is following Thursday. <laughs> Correct. But yeah, so we've seen it, is that good running backs are hard to come by. And basically after the first round, it's all – Question marks. First or second, first and second round, it's all question marks. Well, I think it depends on, you know, how you feel about each guy. I mean, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, their question marks there, but I think everyone is fully expecting a bounce back. Alvin Kamara, their question marks that really pertain more to Drew Brees more than anything else. Dalvin Cook, their question marks, given his uh, spotty injury record and uh, the usage that he gets. Derek Henry, the usage, and will he burn out? Saquon Barkley, the injuries, Ezekiel Elliott, just performance in general. I mean, you can just keep going on and on and on and on and on. And I mean, Adam, you know, like you said, there are just so many question marks when it comes to the running back position. And really what could decide your drafts this year is who gets a running back that they can lean on and will be there for them for 16 or so games. If you even get that, you know, if you can get 12, maybe that's that's what we should be celebrating. You can get 12 games out of your number one running back. Then you should be given a uh, medal of honor. Yeah, it feels like the leading rusher in the NFL is probably going to have like 1,300 yards or something or 1,400 yards. Unless just Derrick with... Henry is Derrick Henry again and he just goes, you know, 2,000 yards again. Oh, that would be nuts. Well, that would be incredibly impressive if he does that. Uh, back to back. In a row. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it would. And he's in, he's in the offense where he could do it. He certainly is. So just talking about these running backs as a whole, I mean, 
we didn't really talk about draft strategy as much with quarterbacks, but with running backs, I think since they're going so early, since usually they go so early in drafts, if not the earliest in drafts, what is your, what do you look at? What do you look for in a, in a running back one for your team and a starting running back? Well, I'm looking at usage. I mean, that's the first thing and the magic to the sauce, I guess, for fantasy is volume, volume, volume. And that's where you're going to find the most productivity from your running backs and from any player, really. It's who is the guy that's going to get the most work at any given time. And that's why we are going to see these running backs taken so highly. It's because A, they're the staple of any fantasy team and B, they're the staple mainly of most professional teams as well. Is you know, If you can establish the running game, odds are you'll be able to open things up with the passing game downfield. So it really comes down to when I'm looking at a running back, I'm looking at who is the guy that's going to be the most risk averse. Who's the guy that's going to be the safest for me at that particular spot. And I mean, I'm looking at this first, second, third round this year. And I'm telling you, Adam, maybe outside of the top five ish guys, there's not much there in terms of safety. I would probably say in the first round, if we're talking about who the safest guy probably is, probably it's Derrick Henry. Yeah. In terms of like stone cold, you know, he's going to be used safety. Yeah. But even that is like, it's really tough to say. It is tough. I mean, the thing about McCaffrey is also, he hasn't really suffered. He didn't, he's never suffered an injury like he had last year. No, that's true. So it, I don't know. You have to see what kind of, I mean, even when he came back, he was, he had 30 points and then he got injured again. It was yep. like, it's ridiculous. It was, this is a very ridiculous season for McCaffrey. And I think people can't expect that to happen again, where he just cannot stay on the field. Well, Adam, let's, let's play a little game, shall we? Sure. So what we're going to do is we're going to rank the, the consensus top six guys. We're not going to put Jonathan Taylor into this, into this discussion, but yeah, we're going to say Taylor is number six in fantasy pros actually. Well, I'm talking. I'm including Barkley and Zeke into this discussion. I'm not including Jonathan Taylor because he's not. He's not as exciting for right now. Okay. But actually, you know what? Fuck it. We'll put Jonathan Taylor in this discussion. So we'll say CMC, Kamara, Cook, Henry. As I'm writing these down, uh, Barkley, Zeke, Jonathan Taylor. Right. Okay. Rank those guys in terms of safest. Too most risky. Um, well, I think it goes McCaffrey, Henry, Cook, Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Zeke Barkley. Very interesting. We do have it differently. We do have it differently. My safest is Derrick Henry. My next is Jonathan Taylor, then Christian McCaffrey, then Dalvin Cook, then Alvin Kamara, then Zeke, then Barkley. Okay. So we agree that Barkley is the most risky. Yes. But, I mean, each of these guys, again, they just have different levels of concerns. There isn't one guy here that I think is is clean. Well, if that's – I mean, isn't that just life <laughs> as a whole? I mean, there's no – it's just not – you don't want to be black and white about it. But there, there's no such thing as a perfect fantasy football player. Even Patrick Mahomes has question marks 
where he's he's had multiple injuries where he's he had an ACL injury um, a couple of years ago, like two years ago. He had the uh, turf toe that cost him a Super Bowl ring, essentially. Debatably. And so even then, so there is no such thing as a good fantasy f- uh, or no such thing as a perfect fantasy football player. But I think, like you said, the most important thing is to uh, minimize risk. And whoever has the, the least amount of risk is the person that you can try and go for. Unless you're just the kind of person that wants to kind of, th- that thinks that the, the possible reward of, let's say, if Sa- Saquon Barkley is the most risky out of those top seven, top eight guys. But if Saquon Barkley comes back and he performs like the player that had him picked second overall in drafts, then you're like, well, who cares that I picked him where I picked him? Won't matter. Will not matter. Nope. I agree with you, Adam. It, it will not matter in the slightest. But, you know, you need to, need to call it what it is. You know, but also, Saquon, it's like, what's you know, what are the odds of that actually happening? That's right. the real thing, right? I mean, Sa- Saquon Barkley was what he was a thirteen hundred yard rusher in twenty eighteen when he first stepped onto the scene, ten plus touchdowns, something along those lines, and in twenty nineteen he was still good, but I believe he was barely over a thousand yards and maybe had five six touchdowns, and we all know what happened last year. I mean, last year you could kind of say maybe, maybe last year was kind of the wash year that. McCaffrey kind of had so you know you, you got to think about that as well obviously the injuries are completely different when it comes to McCaffrey versus Barkley obviously McCaffrey just deal with nagging injuries all year long but um, you know no one really views that as a long-term sort of concern with McCaffrey versus Barkley you know it was a torn ACL that's a massive massive injury especially for a running back where you're going to be cutting basically every Sunday and sometimes Monday Thursday whatever so obviously, yeah, there are just so many different question marks that come with the running back position. Even if you go outside of the top seven, you, you bring in Nick Chubb into this discussion. Usage in the split with Kareem Hunt, a concern. Austin Eckler, usage, new coach, new offensive system. You don't know what that's going to bring into the equation. Joe Mixon, his injury history. Miles Sanders, production. Josh Jacobs, inconsistent. There's just so many guys that are so risky and you don't see this in any other position. It, it, it's, it's crazy. It is. I mean, you don't even, you barely see it with even receiver Devonte Adams, like, Oh, maybe he'll miss one or two games a season, but the rest of it, he's like hall of fame level. He's you, incredible. You do not see this with receiver and we'll do receiver on Tuesday receiver is probably as clean as it gets and you can get guys at great value. I don't know if you're going to be getting running backs at a superb value because they're all going to fly off the board because of how scarce the top end guys really are. Especially that that group of nine that we just talked about. Henry Taylor, CMC, Cook, Kamara, Zeke, Barkley, Chubb, Eckler. Right. Well, if you're going to get a running back at a value, it's not going to be intentional. I don't think. Um, probably not. Probably not. You're gonna take a flyer on a guy and then hope that he succeeds. Yeah, and outperforms his uh, his draft stock. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, is is it is it remotely crazy to say that if you're picking, let's say you're picking seven, right? And let's say the top six goes all running back. Is it crazy to say you just take Devontae Adams, hope you get a good enough running back in the second round? If you do, great. If you don't, you take another receiver. Say you maybe you get a DeAndre Hopkins, start Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and in the third round, take one of Clyde, Gibson, Akers, Dobbins. Maybe you, not, get two, maybe you get two of that group. It's not a terrible idea. The problem is, is that if you don't get two of those guys, you're kind of screwed. Yes. Well, that, yeah. And then you have the the tier that's like David Montgomery, James Robinson, Chris Carson, and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, that that's another guy, James Robinson, that I, I'm, I'm praying that Jacksonville does not draft a running back. Praying. I think they will. But I am praying to Jesus himself that James Robinson remains the guy in Jacksonville. So there's just one more guy to add to this group of potential guys that you can go and draft. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not my – like we don't know obviously. but it's I just, wish we did. Yeah. It, it's just weird because he's, he's, he performed so well um, it, last year that it's it would be weird to not at least give him a shot to be the guy in Jacksonville. Yeah. Well, we've seen it before, haven't we? Borderline negligent. Well, I think uh, John Elway and the Denver Broncos know a thing or two about replacing a uh, undrafted Border- guy. <laughs> yeah, borderline negligence. Borderline negligence, yes. The Broncos may know a thing or two about that. Yeah, Fucking Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, um, the other interesting thing about running backs is like just how many committees there are. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they're, we've seen it so much. Almost everybody is in a committee, it seems like. I mean, out of, I mean, like the top seven guys are top seven because they're not in a committee. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, we don't really know yet, but I think he's kind of out of that. But I mean, I can count them just right off the right off the rip. Henry, not in a committee. Uh, CMC, no. Cook, no. Kamara, eh. it's like sixty-five, thirty-five. Depends on how weird Sean Payton is going to be in a given week. Right. It depends on how how freaky Sean Payton is feeling. Uh, Zeke? I mean, when he plays, no. He plays, no. Well, I mean, honestly, after last season. He should be. After last season, he might be in a committee now. Tony Pollard is – Tony Pollard's the guy that I think a lot of people are going to be picking pretty early. Yep. Yeah, he's got got that – standalone value yeah no he definitely does um aaron jones is a free agent saquon barkley isn't really in a committee either nope i guess the one exception really is nick chubb and kareem hunt they're they're like the unicorns as far as committees go because they're so close it seems like in their value yes i agree with you but even like even the Younger guys, Clyde, not really in a committee. He wasn't really much until well, they realized they, could, they couldn't they could use him. Well, the let's see. 
let's see what happens when Damian Williams comes back. True. That that that's very true. Uh, Cam Akers, we don't know. J.K. Dobbins, we don't know. So there's there's a lot of you know don't knows and babies. Yeah, and especially like somebody like DeAndre Swift also, who who knows what's going on with him and Adrian Peterson, or not not Adrian Peterson. Well, maybe, but also him and Carrion Johnson, especially. If Adrian Peterson is back in Detroit, yeah. And same thing with uh, with Carrion. Right. But I would ex- I would expect Detroit is probably going to want to bring in somebody to, you know, couple with, with Swift. But he could be another guy that maybe is not in a committee. Right, exactly. And that and that vaults you so high up the rankings when you when you have all of that usage that adds so much more. You have something that other running backs just don't have. Yeah, um, that's true. Let's just do the exercise that I did with uh, with quarterbacks and just look at some running backs and look at where they're ranked. And if it's just like kind of off base, one thing that's kind of interesting is, that, I mean, I like Nick Chubb, but him at eight over guys like Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift and Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs. I'm not crazy about it. I think a lot of people have, including yourself, have Jonathan Taylor over him. Um, I think depending on where Aaron Jones goes, that can definitely be something that's worth uh, worth looking at as well. I, I don't know if you saw the reports that have come out over the last few days that apparently Aaron Jones could be commanding around $14, 15000000 million a year in the open market, which is just I did absurd. See that. that would be nuts. I'm talking about guys in committees. He's not worth that. I'm sorry. Yeah. He, he really, I don't know. He really is. Maybe people are thinking of his first game against the Cowboys where he had like 40 carries and got 150 yards. He's not worth it. He's not. Not worth it. $15 million for a running back. Crazy stuff. Thanks, Zeke. And thank you, McCaffrey. Yeah. One thing also is that Saquon Barkley is at two in PPR for uh, for as far as ECR is concerned. That doesn't that is that is more concerning than Nick Chubb. Yeah, but I think it's more. You know, we know what Saquon Barkley can be. The problem is we don't know if he can be that again. So it's more of I, I'm. I know I'm ranking him on the low side at seven. Um, I know people that will have him as high as two. I know people that have him as high as three and four. Um, it really just depends on what your cup of tea is. And if you think Barkley is going to just bounce back to being the guy that he was, then yeah, you could take him in the top five. It's not a, it's not terrible by any stretch. Cause we know the talent that Barkley is. He's, he's supremely talented. And I would say that he probably is the most purely talented guy out of the top seven in terms of pure player and pure running back he probably is the best one out of the group in terms of just really nfl period yeah better than henry yeah better oh, yeah. than better than mccaffrey better than camara yep mm-hmm. wow barkley barkley is as talented of a running back as i've seen in a long time but the problem is will he get back to being that well yeah that that is definitely a huge huge uh if He's it's, he is at that in terms of running backs that I've seen in my life, he is at that level of 
Gurley, but not really Peterson. Yeah, I think I could see that. So it, it just depends on how people, you know, feel about feel about Barkley. Right, exactly. But I think the, the real debate that I think people would have is I guess this is like a segue into uh, doing the who would you rather have out of the uh, close ranking disputes would be like between Zeke and Barkley. Like that's a that's a fascinating one. Yeah, that really is. Oh man. Damaged Honestly, damaged in two different ways. Well, you can fix you can it's easier to fix somebody's confidence than it is to fix their ACL. Yep. I agree. I can, I can say that certainly. Cuz I think and you can give one guy a quarterback and all of a sudden he looks like god, but you know, take that guy away and Zeke looked pretty mortal. Right, exactly. And also, I mean, it it doesn't help that the entire offensive line was on injured reserve by week week seven or whatever it was. No, no, that that did not help one bit. But that is a fascinating, fascinating discussion. Uh, Zeke is six here, mm-hmm. and as Barkley has mentioned, he's two. So you look at these players; they're in interesting scenarios. I mean. Saquon Barkley doesn't have somebody nipping at his heels as much as Zeke does with Tony Pollard. But I think just based on durability and the fact that if he, if you have Dak for a full season, healthy offensive line, I like Zeke more than Barkley at this point. I like Zeke more than Barkley as well. I think the upside with Barkley though is higher, but the downside with Barkley is much greater. Exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. And you go further down, you go down to like past 20 where with James Robinson, you go down to guys like Chris Carson, Kareem Hunt, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, even David Johnson, Ronald Jones, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin. This, the question marks and all and everything, the concerns just get even greater and greater. And this kind of goes into like draft strategy and stuff. Like really, I think if you're at seven, going to the question that you had earlier in the in the show, like if you're at seven, I'm taking a running back because I don't want to risk it at this point. Yeah. And I would I I honestly I would much rather be at the extreme front or the extreme back of drafts. I don't think I want to be in the middle where I have to make that choice of picking between someone like uh, Zeke or Barkley or even like a Jonathan Taylor. I think some people aren't as crazy about Jonathan Taylor as I am, perhaps, um, while understanding that there is risk with Jonathan Taylor as well. But at least in the back, you know, if you want a Nick Chubb, you could take a Nick Chubb. If you want Austin Eckler, you could take Austin Eckler. I mean, I know some people who think that Austin Eckler is in this group of seven and could be taken as high as, you know, six or seven overall. Well, yeah, I mean, especially in PPR, he's been very, very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a lot of options at either extreme end, front or back. But don't put me in the middle because I don't want to make that choice. Five, six, seven. No, thank you. Even four. Even four. No, thank you. Really? Even four? Where? Who would you pick at four if you if you had that pick? Oh God, 
but who's going who's going top three? Um, I would say McCaffrey, Kamara, Cook. Fuck. Probably Henry. Yeah. Probably. And if Henry goes three, would you take Cook at four? Yeah. Oh yeah. Easy. Yeah. That would that would make the pick so much easier. So, so much easier. I get that. I mean, and I would, I, I'd be yeah. very happy boy with Dalvin Cook because we know what he what he can be. Exactly. And looking at guys, let's just look at guys who we we talk we talk so much about the top echelon, the upper echelon, the tier one, tier two of running backs. And we just don't show any love to guys lower down on on the totem pole, where these guys really more so than the guys at the top from a collective perspective, these guys are the guys that win people championships where you get, where you unearth a diamond in the rough. Um, Somebody like an AJ Dillon, especially if Aaron Jones doesn't sign in green Bay, AJ Dillon will be very valuable. Somebody even like uh, Ronald Jones who went pretty pretty low in drafts because he was coming off a really really down year in Tampa Bay. Um, somebody, and somebody that wasn't even on people's radars like James Robinson, like Miles Gaskin. These guys were were really good going into the end of the season. Look, and both of them look like they have they have roles for them. Well, Gaskin more so than Robinson. If I had to pick one that I think would probably have a role, it'd probably Robinson. Really? What do you think? You don't think Miles Gaskin's going to stick in uh, in Miami? Well, I'll, I'll I'll rephrase. If there's one guy that I think could get the job by himself, it would be Robinson. Yes, that I makes think, more sense. I think Gaskin is probably going to be in a committee with somebody. Whether it be Matt Breida or Salvin Ahmed, who performed really well when Miles Gaskin was on the COVID list, for sure. Or and, they one, or they sign somebody. Right, exactly. I think the other interesting thing is looking at the at the rookies this year, where are there going to be the same amount of question marks that we had with the rookie running backs last year? when you have somebody like Najee Harris, uh, Travis Etienne, and and the like come, coming into the NFL, potentially coming into into starting jobs or, or backup jobs uh, starting out. Like what, how are you looking at the rookies in 2021 compared to uh, 2020? Well, I think that there's more of a, 2020 was very deep in terms of, the rookie running backs that came in and were then given opportunities to succeed. I don't know if 2021 is going to be the same. Obviously you have the top end guys like Travis Etienne and um, Najee Harris, but then outside of that, you don't really have much else in terms of those big time backs that are people are big, are really, really talking about. So what I said was this. I don't know if I said it on here or if I said it on uh, another program. I totally forget. Podultry, I know. Forgive me. 
where if you were taking a running back, you better be prepared to hold on to that running back who's a rookie for five, six weeks and see what his path is towards potentially breaking out or anything like that. My, my, I guess we can do one more, one more question because I guess it could be a shorter one, but uh, who do you think is just looking at the rankings right now, who do you think is a guy that is in the lower tiers of running backs that you think is going to move up by the time we hit week one of 2021? I mean, there are a ton of guys that I think could fall into that category. Um, if we're talking about guys that are like outside the top 30 that could potentially move up, uh, how about James Conner? I think it, it really depends on you know what his situation looks like in Pittsburgh. If he is still in Pittsburgh and they can commit to him, then maybe he becomes – the number one in Pittsburgh and you say that he could move up a couple spots and be closer to the top 24. If not, or if he goes elsewhere, let's say he goes to Miami and he becomes the number one guy in Miami. Maybe he gets a boost off of that. Um, I, I'm just not crazy about James Conner being ranked. I have him ranked right now as my 33rd overall running back. And I think that's a little, little low for him. I think he cannot produce that. Yeah. He is by fantasy pros. He's ranked 29. So. 29. Okay. Yeah. All right, so I have him a little bit lower. Yeah, ironically, he's right next to Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin's a 28, and Connor's a 29. Yeah, I, I do have one more if you want to hear it. Yeah, no, definitely. Any, as much uh, as you can. AJ Dillon? Yes. That's AJ a popular Dillon's a one. one. Yeah. That's a, that's a very popular one right now, ranked as the RB37, according to, uh, to my ranks. But I would expect for sure if Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are out of town, uh, AJ Dillon would be a top 20 guy for me with these. What about Philip Lindsay? If he's traded or if Melvin Gordon is traded, then Philip Lindsay could very easily become a top 24 guy for sure. Um, anybody else that you can think of? I mean, they, like you said, there are a lot of options. Um, I mean, if carry on Johnson, if he gets traded somewhere, um, you, there, there are a lot of guys Did just, How about, well, Okay. How about Travis Etienne? How about Travis Etienne? Yeah, right now he's ranked as my RB45. So obviously it's low for him, but depending on where he goes, if he has a path to being a number one guy, uh, I could very easily put him inside my top 30. Well, I mean, if he goes to Jacksonville or something like that. Oh, he goes to Jacksonville with, with, with Trevor? Holy crap. Holy crap, holy crap. I mean, there there are a lot of options for that. I mean, we can talk more about it when we preview the rookie running backs, but like you look at a guy like Travis Etienne and you see teams that need running backs that could really use a guy like Travis Etienne, straight up. For sure. And he's ta- he, he, he's talented and he fits, he fits the profile of a guy that can come in and immediately pop off as a, uh, as a rookie star. And then we're talking about next year as being a guy that we're picking in the top two, three rounds. Yeah. I mean, do you think that that's going to be a situation? Do you think by next year that uh, the other rookie running backs from 2020 are going to make the same jump that Jonathan Taylor did? If there's one guy that I would pick right now, it would be Travis Etienne. 
to do that. Yeah. But that's without seeing where he's going. That's I think that's more of a question that if you ask me in May, I may have a different answer. Right. May. Who may. Knows? You may have a different May answer. and May. Yeah, you may have a different answer in May. I may have a different answer in May, yes. Um, and I guess now we're going to go look at the negative side and we're going to go look at guys who may not yeah. be so good. Well, there are a few options here. Just a few. Just a few. I mean, just by way, just by where Saquon Barkley is at two in P, in fantasy pros, I mean, there's no way. Unless he stay unless he is healthy for the entire season and he performs the way he did in 2018, where he had 1,300 yards, 15 total touchdowns, in addition to 700 receiving yards i mean that would be that would be the the season to vote that would vault him to two but i just don't see that happening i mean look it's possible it coming is, off a major injury also it is definitely possible we've seen crazier things happen before you know if saquon barkley finishes two would i be shocked no i i, I wouldn't be because barkley is just that talented um but to pre-season rank him as number two is crazy for me. Crazy for me. He's my number seven running back. And, you know, someone may get a great value at seven. Someone may be absolutely robbed blind taking him at two. That's the problem, is that there's just there's just a ton of risk with, with Saquon. Um, in terms of another guy, uh, Chris Carson. I have him as my 23rd running back overall. No, thank you. No, thank you. I understand the appeal, but no, he's just not. He's not someone that I am remotely interested in going and uh, in investing in. Uh, another guy. You know, actually, but, I'm. Oh, go ahead. I'm, no, go ahead. I'm thinking that somebody like Miles Sanders. We we kind of talked about this with uh, Kamara. I think a couple weeks ago. I think really we talked about it when Taysom Hill was named the starter for the Saints that it takes away those PPR points from Sanders because when you have a, a almost a run-first quarterback like Jalen Hurts and Taysom Hill, then they're not going to look for the check down. They're just going to do it themselves. They're going to take the check down themselves. So I think that for that reason, since Miles Sanders – played a full season without a run-first quarterback. Carson Wentz could use his legs, but he was not – he didn't have the same athleticism that Jalen Hurts had. I think that having a full season of Jalen Hurts might hurt Miles Sanders' PPR value. How about Alvin Kamara if it's Taysom Hill? Yeah, I mean – Same same argument applies. Same argument applies, certainly. How about Leonard Fournette? I think people are going to remember him based on the uh, end of season run that he had. If he's back in in uh, in Tampa Bay, about to say Jacksonville. Um, hey, you know what? Don't, he goes, you he might... goes back. He goes back to Jacksonville. That would be like, oh, okay, we're going to loan you out for a year, go win a Super Bowl, then come back to us, teach us what it means to be a winner. Oh my God. I mean, look, people are going to draft Leonard Fournette higher than he should just because of the end of the season run, because people will remember 
what he did leading up to the Super Bowl. And people would have done that with Damian Williams if he had actually played the season. Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly the same thing. I mean, people people were going to draft Damian Williams that high. He was being talked about as a third, fourth round guy. And, you know, Damian saved people from themselves. Yeah. That is probably one of the most fascinating stories I feel like is going to be Damian Williams coming back after not playing a year of football. And he's coming into a team where there is a, it's kind of a committee, kind of not, but you have a guy who's drafted in the first round. And how, and like, how is that going to work? Yeah, I agree with you. And what does that mean for Clyde? Exactly. So I, I, I think we'll get more clarity on that as we get closer to uh, training camps and, and things like that. So, I mean, Clyde right now, I have him as my RB17. He could go up. He could go down. And Fancy Bros has him at 15. So he can, it, the volatility is there. Yes, if you look at sure. like the, high, the, the highest somebody ranked him was 10 and the lowest somebody ranked him was 22. So that shows you the volatility yep. of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at this for, time. For sure. Bottom Close. line, before we, yeah. before we close this out, bottom line, I want everyone to listen to me very closely. Go and draft Cam Akers, please. Just go draft them. It's okay. Embrace it. Embrace Cam. Great guy. Well, honestly, Cam Akers has looked Cam Akers has a lot of upside. It is taking every fiber of my being to not put him in the top ten. Every fiber of my being. That would be pretty crazy. He's in but my top twelve. I wouldn't be shocked. He's in my top twelve. I have him higher than Mixon. I have him higher than Sanders. I have him just about level with Jacobs. Those are the two yep. guys I go back and forth on. Yeah. All right. Well, next week we're going to be uh, the day after we do our mo- or Bird and, uh, Bird and Jared have their mock draft. You'll be listening to that uh, this Monday. And then on Tuesday, we will continue this little positional breakdown talking about wide receivers. And then uh, next Thursday, we will be talking about tight ends. And then after that, it's divisional previews. And we're trying to see how every team is going to look before the draft, before and sometimes in the middle of free agency and just doing all the research we can heading into the draft and then heading into into the summer, which is not as far away as you think and where you really have to gear up to for your fantasy football drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, come August. We're almost there. That's correct. We're in February now. Before you know it, snap of the fingers. We'll be in May. And another snap will be in August. That's right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And you can like, subscribe, follow, do whatever you can to be updated on when we release new episodes. And like I said before, next week, we will be talking about receivers and tight ends in two separate episodes. And also earlier in the week, we will be having a mock draft for you with Bird and Jared. So for my co-host at Birdsell, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye. Right,